Welcome to Can't Get No Side. This is a watcher. Time to do the summer review. And you want to hear Arafuta? Damachi's semi-reviews you already heard in the other episode, the preview episode for the new Kagan No Side. You heard that earlier with that one that I did in that particular aspect, as it were. Not to be outdone, we're going to talk about those two later on in the show. I want to start with Copcraft. Copcraft was a semi-interesting treatise, but I felt as though this was like a lot of missed opportunities. A lot of missed opportunities. Not being you know, not being disappointing, not being there. It was just a middling show. I think it could have done a little bit better with some of it. Uh, the um, the elf was kind of nice, but it reminded me a little bit too much of a more period-centric or period-appropriate one that they do in um, Amazon Prime Video starring um, Orlando Boom and Carla Delavine. So, did that remind me of that one, but the show was alright. It's just that the animation could have been done better in certain of the middle episodes. Um, I felt as though that show is dead, but I'm not sure if it's going to get a second season. If it does, it should flesh all these things out. Uh, I don't want to get too sorry, then, but it was a fine show. It was an okay show, nevertheless. Um, Easy K Cheat Magician could have been better. Could have been better. I wish it was. I don't hate the show. I think there were some parts of the show that were good, but it is played by the numbers, unfortunately. And not now. You can't play by the numbers. Not in this particular day and age. You can't really play by the numbers and think you're going to succeed. Uh, Another forgotten one that they will forget. This is why you have to put a little bit more uh, aesthetic in this particular aspect as well. Although there were some interesting developments in that show, it didn't carry the show to humongous success. That show that I, I think I remember, Fire Force, started in the summer. I think. Yeah, it started in the summer. And had a delay because of the tragedy that happened in Koan. In Koani. Um... Despite that delay, uh, the show was animated beautifully. And the sound from this show, I think they developed this sound in one of the rare animes that did their sound in like a 4K setup or 4 8K setup because I cannot imagine anybody not not hearing that sound in the way it's supposed to sound like. The animation is... In some ways, in Fire Force, is extremely good for a television series. 
but I think what they did is the sound quality on it, you can't get it from the internet. You just can't. You have to put, you have to get, you have to get a Blu-ray disc of this thing, and you have to play it in an Ultra 4K sound, sound area to get the full effect of it. Because the bass in this show is outrageously beautiful. I mean, the sound basically, it cannot be heard on the, you have to hear it in that full, I think they built that thing for a 4K setup, I really believe they did, they have to play it in its full 4K sound setup, in what they did, what they have, a, that surround sound, that Dolby DBS, something of that nature, you can't get it on a television or a streaming server, you have to feel the whole thing, because I believe that sound is out of this damn world. And the way they the way the um the characters fly you using fire, it is absolutely out of this world. It has to be it had to be done in 4K in that 4K soundstage or something of that nature. Because that sound is absolutely is an eargasm. It's an absolute eargasm. That being said, there's one thing I dislike so far in the first part of this core and this ser- and this series is that the way the main cat the the off putting was not the fan service. The fan service makes sense. The off putting part about it is the dude smiling and he's staring at you and it's kind of freaky. That's the thing that freaks me out. He, and uh, and, the, and this particular dude makes a uh, who does this particular um draw who does this particular um the manga and and the anime he's the, he's another guy that did um Soul Eater that's where it comes from but because he doesn't have something like a different character a different setup on his um like a hat or something like this or some form of hair to, to Focus away from the face and the eyes. It kind of feels off-putting that the hero kind of looks like that. Sometimes it works, and a lot of times it doesn't. That's the only off-putting about this show. The other thing I love about this show is that the guy can't necessarily control his behaviors. It's done for comedic perfect. And then you have the other girls and whatnot. Uh, It's a... Interesting show dealing about firefighters using fire to take out those that are creating fires. Show is going to it, it is a is under a hiatus. Has come back from last week, so it's on the second episode of the second part of its twenty six episode run for this particular season, and it is doing well in turn in that term. Doctor Stone. Let's put it this way. They don't do a lot of shows like this. A lot of inventive shows like this. They don't do a lot of shonen like this. They don't even do a lot of it anymore. A lot of it like they used to. But this is a very interesting premise. 
And um, now that they focus more on Dr. Stone's side of the game instead of the other main characters, it is kind of interesting how they start, how they really starting out this particular show in that particular sense and how they're going to come back around to um, the other main characters of the show. But uh, interesting to see how humanity rebuilds itself after its destruction uh, or well, not this time. It wasn't caused by humanity. This time it was just who did that, who was on the rocks, that sort of thing and whatnot. And it also showcases what things that we miss from the loss of our of civilization and how hard it is to get it back. This is a fascinating series, and it is I hear is only going to get better from there. Continuing its storyline. Violin Saga has been almost 15 years in the making and it does not disappoint one freaking second. This show should be on Tsunami right the freak now with some of the actors from Vikings doing some of the voices of this show. I swear to God, if you are a fan of Vikings on a history channel, which is going on its second final season, which is 20 episodes long, which is a rarity in cable, you need to watch Violin Saga. It is truly the closest thing we have to Vikings. This is a show all y'all Shonen fans should be watching this show. This dude is a badass. He started out with a little boy. Boy loses to some dude, has to work under that some dude, not sure where he's going and all the rest of it. And then we're at the Prince storyline. He looks like a girl. He comes like, what is this? Everybody looking at it. Oh, he talked? The Prince talked? What the hell? And all the rest of it. Violin Saga is a beautiful show. But interestingly enough, it also talks about the French in this time. Some things about Christianity, which is kind of a, which is kind of funny, but you know, this is the way things are. You know how the Finns are with Christianity. Maybe I should convert all the rest of that silliness, you know. But it, it talks about the French and how they dealt with that. It might go into some issues with um, um, other religions as well, uh, as they talk about it how they're dealing with the changes between Christianity and their pagan culture uh, and Norse culture and how all of that is fit together. It's continuing onward. Violin Saga is one of the legendary animes in the recent uh, mangas in the recent era. And now finally it is going to have that season. It should be on Tanami. The people that should be doing it are some of the Viking stars that there are, are available should be doing some of the voices of this show if you love vikings you're going to love violin saga it is truly amazing and they kept it they don't have horns on their head just like the other viking show look it's the same it's a similar show y'all need to do if you love vikings you're going to definitely love violin saga and there is some connections between those two as well. There is some connections between both. Even though one is original story, the other is but is also original story. But they have some history dealing with those Vikings as well. 
with with that particular thing as well. Violent Saga, definitely, definitely watch that show. It's good. It's good. <sighs> Let me see here. What do we have next? Oh, how much do you lift, sis? Or how much do your dumbbells weigh? I think this show started off well, kind of petered out towards the middle, caught up better in the end. It needs a second season. The problem is he's not going to be successful in the States, unfortunately, because of the way things are in this country about not being, about being, you know, about being, about body shaming and all the rest of it. And here we go again with that nonsense. And it's out of control. But I love this show. I like this show a lot. I think this show was done sensibly, but it should be there. I want to see the un, un, uh, uncensored version of this because I think it's better that way. There are some Japanese artists who do um, muscle-bound girls, who do draw muscle-bound girls, and do get a lot of inspiration from these muscle-bound uh, um, Instagrams and Twitters out there. So they do get some inspiration from that. And I need a second season of this show. And ironically, it is a semi-side series to another show. Kencha Bancho the sis, the, is the little sister of one of the main char- female characters of that particular manga. I expect that show, that manga, to have a show very soon. So there will be some cross-pollination with that show. Oh my god, the most disappointing show of the season was the most popular character in all pits of... This summer season, and I am talking about Mother Online. My God, what a missed opportunity this show was. And I do mean missed opportunity. This show should have been done way better than it was. And should have kept the mother at this end. And should have just heard doing motherly things and looking all around and mocking and all the rest of it and the, and, and the whole lot of it. It was just nah. 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 I don't like it. Nah. Nah. Disappointing. Nah. 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 Ever forward to is just leaving. Leagues, leagues better than this show. All the other easy case shows just way better. Even though they were boring, uh, this show is just disappointing. Nah. The animation didn't help matters either. There were some good points of it, but it was only three episodes out of the whole 13. Nah, nah, nah. If they're going to do a second season, they got to fix a lot of, a lot of this. A lot of it got to be fixed. Nah, nah, nah. This this show just did not work. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. Nope. Disappointing. The the main character should have been with all the other three females all over the place, trying to mack on them all every single second, and the mother just trying to come in through. And not be, not all the time coming from this. The main character should not be, oh, the mother's doing this, the mother, they did that, that, that shit. 
that that crap don't fly. It just does not fly. No, 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 no. No, that that is not a good thing. No, no. Moving on. Magician Senpai. I want to like this show. The main character is a bit of a freak. I want to like this show, but it's okay-ish. It's okay-ish. It's okay-ish. There were some funny parts about it. And there was a, oh, maybe they do love me. Maybe he don't love me or whatnot. But it's an okay-ish show. It, it might get a second season. If I'm there, I'm not going to be too shocked. You should wait for the unedited version on it for that one, though. But I, uh, it, it, that one wasn't it. Um, the one with the four girls stranded on the island, I don't remember its name at this particular time. I thought this show was okay. And I thought this show was surprisingly accurate on how people survive. If you're lost in a desert island, I think he's ironically accurate despite his perceived sexual content it's not really meant to be sexualized they're just trying to survive and some of the uh com comedian comedic parts were pretty funny um so i i like that particular show so whatever ascended beast i think this show is all right I think they tried a little too hard. I think I think it's more of a try hard show, but there were some elements of the show that I I kind of respected. I think it needed a second season, which it does to flesh out a lot of the other things. Some of the other parts of the show was done as well, and I felt that that show could have had um some merit added into it. That show we have to discuss is Astra. Um, the Star Trek show that wasn't really Star Trek, but was Star Trek, but should have been Star Trek Academy, was not called Star Trek Academy, had everything that you know from Star Trek and Star Trek, but did not have Star Trek Academy through, uh, under it. I, I, I'm just going to be real honest with you folks. Everybody loved this show. Unfortunately, it was self-contained. It is not going to get multiple seasons, but I really believe in my heart of hearts, this show was basically Starfleet Academy, the anime series. I swear to God, it just felt like Star Trek. Every single thing felt like Star Trek from beginning to end. You got the captain's chair, um, love interest, monsters all over the place, scary moments with the ship, uh, secret histories, conspiracies, the whole nine yards. I'm kind of happy that a lot of people like this show because it does state that there is a uh, uh, an audience for this type of series, but unfortunately, you know how CBS is. 
CBS decided to go with the most ugliest bullshit for their animated series, for their second animated series ever dealing with the Star Trek franchise. That's disappointing. Really disappointing. Especially for CBS All Access. My goodness. A shame. I loved every, I, I, I think I liked uh, most of a lot of the, about the story, you know, he tried to keep the hero the hero, he's not trying to do some crazy ass stuff, uh, all of them are clones, which makes them augments, and if you know the augment storyline from Spacey all the way to Star Trek DS9, and how Bashir got into the whole thing, I even believe in one sense that somebody in Japan went to CBS back in 2015 during the time that Star Trek was in their Calvin in the middle of their Kelvin um storyline in the middle of their Kevin movies and whatnot. They went into there and they said, let's do an animated series. They even mentioned this back in an article back in Trek Web back in 24 2016. That they were thinking about doing a new animated series for Star Trek. And that thing has been in the plans for the last three years. I think they said no. Somebody else said okay let's do something else entirely about this. Let's do something like a well, our own series. See how it goes. And that's how we got Astra. But I because a lot of this seems like a like the missing element that was missing in the series to explain Bashir. Uh, in, in a sense, uh, why Bashir is considered partly augmented, even though it's illegal to have aug augments, and the augments were basically destroyed. So this was to explain that particular storyline away in that particular sense, but it didn't work out the way it wanted to work out. It could have made an interesting increase into Starfleet uh, Academy, as it were, instead of this whole nonsense that we see now concerning um discovery and whatnot that's pretty much it we'll be back we're going to talk about arafuta nets and then we're going to talk about the machi it's two separate day i want to have their own particular sections so we'll be back right after this with more kicking side this is elias we'll be back after this Welcome back to Kagan No Sai. This is Elias. We're going to talk about Arafuta. And I want to make this separate because I didn't want to make this thing too long. But I'm going to say this for once. We've been in the Easy K genre in anime for at least about 5, 15 maybe 10 and a half years there have been some that have been successful not 10 and a half years excuse me closer to seven years maybe it's a little longer a little less but we've been there for a long time and out and uh, there has not been a lot of series that are willing to push things into different directions. Arafuta was going to be a different digression into 
the whole genre. Um, a lot of people said that the live, I mean, I'm sorry, not live. The light novel was some of the best they ever read. Some say that the manga was a little bit better than the LN, but more censored. Some say that the anime missed the points of both the manga and the live, not live. I'm sorry, I'm keep messing it up. Light novel, excuse me. Despite all of this, and despite the CGI, the show has some merit. Because the first three episodes, the first few episodes of this show showcases some things that anime doesn't necessarily do. They emphasize a relationship based on survival. And survival not only of a person, not only of a man of a man who has been teased, of a young man who has been teased, who has been used, that has been all these other things and whatnot. But he's not given much chance. He lost a lot of things. His left arm. Some parts of his humanity. He has been denied everything. And in one sense, him finding you, which he later, later calls her you, him finding you was the moment where he become, he loses his boyhood dreams and boyhood struggles and boyhood tragedies and he becomes more of a man of he becomes more of the man that he really wanted to be and he becomes a badass on that sense and he becomes a man that doesn't give a shit about a lot of motherfucking bullshit because you're gonna die. And I love the killer instinct of Hajime. You don't see this in anime too much anymore because they use a lot of the Eastern tropes of goodness and all the rest of these things. And some of it comes from Fist of the North Star. That's not to say that Bronson didn't make a bad. Bron that Burl's son did not make a badass in Kinshiro. That's not to say that Mora didn't make a badass in Guts. That's not to say they, but they're different characters and different characterizations. I'll mention some of that in Damachi later. In the Damachi second season review later. Um, but Hajime is a cold stone badass. He realizes that the only thing that ever gave him his life in this particular world because he was done is that is you. 
And at the point of no return, he felt like there was no chance. There was no chance. She didn't matter who, how she got here. Didn't matter that. It was just going to be the both of us. And one of the reasons why this show saved, this show is saved, and luckily we'll have a second season, is that despite how bad the CGI did, the way these two characters, the male and the female, you and Hajime work together is what is rarely seen in the genre anymore. Because a lot of the genre's biggest mistakes, and I do mean this when they come to coupling, is that they don't show the struggles of that couple. They think that everything is going to be nice and dirty. They show the struggle of the male and as and of the male as stupid. This particular you, and especially because she is considered bully. Whatever, mo lowly, whatever. I don't want to say too much about it. It is extremely weird for that type of character to have that type of struggling relationship of disagreement and tussling and fighting with each other and fighting with each other in certain ways, and him not letting her in all all the way in. They doesn't even measure up. Um, I stated this somewhat happened in. Um, Takagi Sen and Maidens of the Savage Season some weeks earlier. And I mentioned that this is one of the rare to day, but it's very weird to have it in an AZK anime. It's very weird to see that in that particular anime. I think Art Zero does it in some sense, but it's very weird for that to happen. And it is in that struggle that we see that you and Hajime are meant to be together. That breaking them apart is difficult. That breaking them apart hurts the whole show. Basically, that three episode, that two and a half, three episode setup between them and them, and the fact they did not want to do a whole world building thing, which in the end of the, the analysis was perfectly done. In the end of the analysis, perfectly done. Because you can see it through flashbacks and all of these other things. This particular show is so beautifully done in that particular sense that they left the world building behind and they just focused on those two characters for three episodes. You felt that this made sense. This particular you character is extremely rare in this particular genre in spite... Even with all the problems this genre has concerning that particular type of characterization, you is it an extremely this is this is rare to, and it is rare to say with these types of characters because they either are shown as cute or weak or that sort of thing. This particular character can hold her own when she wants to, and she doesn't go all the haji. Made like that. I think this is somewhat what they kind of did in the Demon Lord series. They had a couple of years, uh, uh, seasons back, a, a little bit of a summer season back with Shirira and the Dundarian girl. 
They kind of did it that way, but she is more like A's Wallaceworth in that sense than, say, like Shira and all the rest of them, or like um, Rathphilia and um, Yefumi in um, Shield Hero, or like the or like Goblin Slayer and the Priestess. It's different from the, it differs from the, the but you can hand or hold her own. And I don't want to say it so much to say like I'm supporting that concept of uh female characterization as it were. In certain ways you have to push boundaries and in certain other ways you can't push boundaries. And in one way they pushed the boundary and in another way they didn't. You have to understand that um, a lot of female characterizations, especially with one of the show called um, Carol and Tuesday, which just, just didn't work. Just didn't work. Other characterizations of that nature worked in some concepts and did not work in other concepts. But to have something, some characterization like you existing now shows that there are some people that know how to do it better than others. It hasn't been done in the West anywhere else in any medium whatsoever in that kind of, in t- that type of way they put it out as. You is just as much as a badass as Hajime is. But without going over what Hajime is going through. These are the rare couples that complement each other. Not the idealized compromisation. Not this, that, that. But they complement each other in ways that we are only just beginning to recognize or realize. Now, the rest of the series went into certain same tropes with the crazy-ass girl who's trying to get into Hajime's good size and good entries, as it were. And then came the one with... Well, this is another thing that they did, interestingly enough. They were able to pull off things that they don't even necessarily do with hindsight too much anymore. And they were able to pull it off in a certain sense. And then when you find out what that particular character really is. And then the way that he handled her. And her bullshit antics. Was just boss level motherfucking. That's why I love Hajime. Hajime is boss level motherfucking. Same way that Garmin Slayer is boss level motherfucking. You just did this, just grab her by the legs and said, what the fuck is this nonsense? And then when she tried to move over to him, he go like, and she does it again, he go like, and then he does it again, like, and then the girl goes down, and then we just happy. And then later on, as the mermaid uh, child is coming on there, and he becomes more of a father figure to this, a more of a big brother figure, not so much father figure, but a big brother figure. To that particular um, incident, as it were. You see, what happened was is that it turned out 
that this particular thing with that particular incident, as it were, you see, with those particular incidents, is that it showcases how good, how complimentary both of them are. They don't, they're not going, one is not going overboard with the other. And one is now acting more in a mother-ish role. You is more becoming like what they say she is in the side story in the LN and the manga that you begin to see in anime, but a lot of the anime fans are there. And I'm not going to tell you who she really is. And I'm not going to tell you how she really is it, but I heard about it and it is extremely in interesting on who she really is. You're going to find out possibly in the second season. The rest of the characters in this story, especially with Kaori, they recently premiered in the final episode of this particular first season. I felt as though showcased more of what Nagamo Hajime went through in his former life and in his former in that former place and showcase a lot of the things that he went through and what has happened to him and what turned him into that way into the way that he is now the badass that doesn't take no for an answer a lot of this of hajime is a lot of the a lot of western characterizations about the cocky badass the true ass the the G, the G, the gangster. All a lot of it is in him. Uh, about the, about the a uh, uh, somewhat, but on somewhat un, not uncomfortable insist, but somewhat standoffish when it comes to sexuality, especially with the scenes with you, until he is more comfortable around her and that sort of thing. That humanizes this dude. Similar to the way Gusset's human humanized in a lot of the other stories that he tried, and a lot of the stories that uh, uh, um Nora did with um Berserk, it humanizes Nahajime in so many different ways. A lot of people don't like this show. That's understandable. But I love this show for the things that it was able to push forward and able to push boundaries in certain ways that a lot of other anime do, do not do because of certain ways it is. And you have to somewhat give credit to its origin in the LN and its manga and how it affects the anime in certain places. There are a lot of things that were missing to make him even more of a badass, but I think they wanted to make him more subdued and leave him more towards the second season because they're going to do even greater things in the second season. Another big mistake outside of the CGI and outside of some of the other things there, you is one of the best female characterizations underrated i'm not saying the best 
fully, I'm saying the, one of the best underrated female characterizations we have seen in a long, 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 long time since Hestia. I'll get to Hestia and, and Belle in, the, in a moment. Hestia, Belle, and Haruham in a moment. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But you was a badass just as much as Hajime is a badass. And you saw in episode 13, Haj, you will step up to any challenge. You gonna step up to Corey. Because Corey thinks she gonna take his man. She ain't gonna take his man. She acts. She has the attributes of what? I don't want to say it in a bad sense. I want to say it in a positive sense. Overconfident women have when they got their man. When they got their man and they know their man can handle his own shit. She don't allow no other man, that's no other woman to step to him. And she going to defend that territory like a queen because you're going to find out more in the second season. But you is one of the rarest lowly characters in this job, in this medium, they have such a agency that we don't even see, especially in Mother Online and other shows that we see everywhere else. Connor kind of does it, but it does it in a way that you understand the way they did it. This one here with you, she's just a pure badass. And that is rare that it's done in that particular sense. A lot of characters, a lot of people are dismissing this show wrongly. And a lot of y'all who are in this writing, trying to write a lot of these particular things. I think a lot of, a lot of you, that's you, why you E, a lot of you, I see in a lot of these uh, pulp or neo pulp or old pulp storylines with the femme fatale and all the rest of it. The vampiric film fatale, which ironically she is a vampire. So you see a lot of that bad acidness, and it's times a hundred, but in a good way, in this particular characterization of you. That's what I need. Even despite all of this, the CGI in this show leaves a lot to be desired. Like I stated before, in they need to figure out how they can use they if they're gonna go and do a second season, they're gonna have to figure out how they're going to fix this CGI problem. Because it just looks bad. And they just did not do a good job on it. If that means they're gonna have to get another other people to do CGI for it, fine. But they can they need to do it in a completely different direction. So that being said, this show. I don't know how far they could go with this show in its first season on a Blu-ray disc, DVD disc, whatever they plan to do, but it needs to go far enough. I think these three main female, the female characters are okay-ish. You is carrying, you and Hajime is the whole show. They carry the whole show. Second season's going to be extremely interesting. And I cannot wait for it. A lot of people said we don't need a second season. It's just too tiring. They just didn't do well in other places. They didn't give us much of a world and whatnot. But Hajime and you 
part of the show, and they just complete badasses in this show, especially Hajime, and she don't go over Hajime, and Hajime doesn't go necessarily hate on you, loves you so much, she and you respect that love so much, he allowed him to do what he needs to do to survive, and then he said he's going to take all these girls with him, because they're his family, unlike many of his high school friends and his family were not. Another thing that we need to explain is that this is pretty much a wish fulfillment about a family of one's own. Either created or not, or either created or semi not created, created by uh, one's own will and one's takeover of one's will. And that's very rare, done, rarely done today. And so Hajime created his own family on his own free will and he's dictating the rules of his family. This man acts like a boss, and he makes boss-ass moves. And that is something that's rare that is done in the anime today. This should be a lot more respected, but a lot of people are just so turned off by the CGI and whatnot, and all the easy game and whatnot, but this show should be given a second chance, and I'm happy it's going to get a second season. We need to see more of them. And it's coming either in the summer or the spring or the fall of next year, 2020. I want to see your second season two as well. We'll be back with the second season of Damachi. And an important thing we need to discuss concerning the middle part towards the end of the season. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Higgin No Side. This is Elias. Let's talk about Damachi Season 2. A lot of people call it a disappointment. I won't say it's that way. I think that Damachi well, is a different type of show. I think this season they tried to put the stories they wanted to put in different ways. I think the most important thing you have to realize from the story is that this was the beginning of the start of Bell Cornell's journey into becoming the artist as the hero. The hero artist that Guts is in Berserk, and we will see that more in the third season, because third season is going to be absolutely bonkers, if we believe the LNs. It is going from nine, it is going to be absolutely bonkers. This is, some people say, the Golden Age epic, the Golden Age saga that is comparable to Berserk's Golden Age era. In that particular sense, where he just ran through motherfuckers like, and it was just beautiful to see him beat the bad guys. This artist re-personified, and we're going to see that in Bill Cornell's storyline in season three, and more of the closeness they will have between him and Ace. But that being said, I want to focus on why they did that storyline, and I want to finally tell you certain secrets 
about this show that a lot of people said, oh, ho-hum, he didn't have the same spark at back time and whatnot. This story, it, it wasn't more hasty of fun times and whatnot and, and what have you. This particular story, this season, focused on a game that was played starting from season one. And we started to see elements of it, of Freya's major move that they started and why it will be coming very important in season three. You have to realize that if you saw a map of the of Oreo, Aurora Tall, and you saw a map of what it looks like, the Pleasure District takes about 25% of the space. Ishtar is one of the big baddies in that particular second season. You also have to realize that Freya is extremely powerful. And they have been fighting for a long time, ever since both the Zeus and Hera. If you know your Greek mythology and Roman mythology, Ju Ju Juno, uh, Juno and Jupiter, if you know their history, and this is more a little bit more Italian, so we so it's just more like the Vespian version, what the hat, what have you. If you know the story, in that particular sense. I'm somewhat gonna connect it to the newer newer season of uh, F FGO Babylonia in a second and how they started out. But if you notice, they're fighting each other. The two biggest fighters now are Ishtar and Freya. Bell, as you know, in the first part of the season, defeats Apollo. He only defeats Apollo because he is being taught by A's that you got to figure out a way how to defeat humans first because this thing is going to start becoming part of dirt season because we're going to go to the uh, um uh, uh to the LN um volume nine and the dirt that will be bought basically most of the dirt season and whatnot and we're going to get into the real nitty gritty of this particular cave they didn't do any cave work but they're going to show more of it later on in that particular season. Now, how is Ishtar going to defeat Freya and finally going to get whatever inside Oronto and finally get the movements and whatnot where she can become more powerful? She's only going to do that after she hears the story of Heru of the Fox Girl, Haru Hines. Until the, when she realizes the story of the Fox Girl and what she can do. And this is a JoJo. It, it's also a JoJo um, meme, meme, as it were. A JoJo reference, as it were. They have to use something called a stone to gain so they have to use the stone to break the stone that will kill Haruheim, kill her, and gain the power in order for her to defeat, to gain more 
levels in order to defeat Freya's army. In order for them to defeat Freya's army and to gain more power. Basically, Ishtar was going to become the most one of the most powerful people in Oreo. And once she found more information, things were going to change forever and it was going to be over. Everything was going to become a prostitution paradise. And she needed Aisha to do that as one of her foot soldiers. Now one of the secrets that we don't that that the uh, wiki that the Phantom Wiki doesn't necessarily tell you, then a lot of them don't necessarily tell you, is that Ishtar, in the concept of the Babylonian story, is connected to, not to necessarily lesbians and women and all the rest of it, but was the patron protector of homosexuals, transgender, and the whatnot, as it were. And her charm basically was that she is a Hutanari. Hutanari. Excuse me. And so the way she got Aisha in her own grasp is because she had relations with Ishtar. Ishtar also had relations with, to gain information from Ishtar and the way he and the way that um, he looked at her made her this. She is Hutanari. There's even a scene that they show in the episode, episode 9 of the second season, um, where they showcase Ishtar and Aisha. And Aisha, in the initiation right. Her eyes are bleeding because she cannot imagine such pleasure that is coming out, that is coming into her. And then you have her Hermes going like, I'm so scared. This thing cannot be happening to me. Oh, my bleepity bleep bleep. But Ishtar is a considered as a Hutanai. That's what she is. And so, one of her underlings and all the rest of it, you began to see it too. Because if you didn't read the Babylonian storyline or you never researched it or, they, or your teachers never taught you these particular things, especially in this woke culture that we've seen is, this particular character, Ishtar, is a Hutanai and a lot of her underlings, her prostitutes, whatnot, are are either uh, bitch, uh, uh, boy bitches or mains or, or just female prostitutes that play that game for boys and all the, for men and whatnot and just go around to get around and that sort of thing. And Haruheim was sent as a prostitute, a virgin prostitute, but she just couldn't take it to the next level. And a lot of the men felt sorry for her and just moved on, which is kind of interesting. The 
are the reason why that she never really did it in a lot of them. And all of them do except her. And they didn't even tell her. But that would have made it even more powerful in order to defeat Freya. Because all of these characters had had relations with their, with those they are working with in certain ways. And then they showed that in the final episode of the second season. They had that type of relationship. And that type of relationship doesn't, it binds them together, but they realize they live longer and they see them die. And it hurts them a lot. And they wonder if they can reach heaven. And Haruhime has been, is innocent. They needed to stay innocent for the plan to work. And so they brought, and so others came around and said, we got to help this girl. She doesn't want to be a prostitute. She doesn't want to be, she doesn't want that, that way of life anymore. She gives Belle Cornell the, the power to defeat Aisha and the power to free Harumi. And that power is needed in a time when the age of heroes are dying. And Hermes, who took the risk because he is a god, he looks out and he says, this is the man that will defeat. This is the man we hope that he will become the last hero and finally the defeat, the one that Zeus and Hera could not defeat, the black dragon. That is basically what that setup was. It was him to get to set up to have the moment where he needs to generate, he needs to become that hero that everyone said he wants to become. He wants to be, and he knows he has to be. And despite his small sword, despite his stature, despite him still being weak against many humans, he's able to defeat. Um. Aisha at the point that he had basically had no chance. There's something that Aisha said in the battle against Bell Cornell that is important to say and shows where our society is today. Um, that she wants men to breed her choke her, F her, love her, slime her, get inside her. This is basically the theme of Ishtar and her coterie. We love men because we are arrogant. We have sex with men for money because of arrogance. Because we want power and prestige and elitism, as it were. And gave up her life, gave up her soul for that elitism. 
because of the arrogance of it all. And I see a lot of arrogance in our society. And that arrogance is a, and that indiscriminate, unnecessary and unproven and unearned pride in oneself is partly the reason why prostitution is a thing in this country and has been politically corrected into escorting, sex work, prostitute, uh, uh, um, all, uh, all for, um, only fans and all the rest of it. But there are some who never wanted to be a part of this and who don't even like sex, but use this as a way to get for life. And there is no hero who's willing to put his life on the line, his so his social standing on the line, his life, his um, creature comforts, as it were, his um, his uh, I don't want to say stand his or her standing, his or her um, they they refuse to put their bodies. In the, in the grind mill and said enough is enough but Bell is willing to do that for the innocence innocent of this world of Oreo Orato and is able to put his life on the line for someone he barely even knows but wants to stop the nonsense and I think this show deserves high praise for showing how, showing how dark and how demonic this particular act is, even though the act still continues afterwards and after that Ishtar has been defeated by Freya, it showcases that there is no change. Once that action is taking place, there is no going back. And in some ways, you have to let that thing, you have to let those people go. You have to see them for who they are. And in some ways, you have to say that you lost them to the world. You lost them to the society that wishes to see them in that sense. But there are ways to get out of it. And I don't want to make this into some sort of Saturday morning treaties of morality or whatnot. That's not what this show is and that's not what this episode is about. And that's not ultimately what this review is about. But it is important to tell you that there were wars fought over this particular concept that a lot of people died over. And a lot of these problems have not been solved, even up until this day. And for society to move forward and to move ahead into going into better, into bigger and greater glories, 
being the greatest glory of mankind in its day and in its decade and its generation to become the people that reach Mars, to become the people that reached beyond the solar system to take a physical human being and put him outside of his home, far beyond the solar system. First to put him on the moon, which we did 50 years ago. Then we put him on Mars. We hope that he put on Mars and his foot is on that ground. And then we know that we have done great work. That we put him in Saturn, in, tit in Titan, on Saturn's moon, that we put him and his glory day on beyond the Earth, be beyond the solar system. Those are great moments. Those are great glories. Those are the greater glories that humanity need to reach. And we can't have that greater glory if we are continuing to still have the same problems that were trying to stop us from getting to that greater glories, the overcompensation and the over-emaciation of putting women on a pedestal that they did not deserve, nor they want, nor they even need. And we do that when we, uh, and a society and a civilization does that when it promotes internally, covertly, or overtly prostitution in all different forms, in different ways. And there has to be an end to it, and Bell Cornell is pushing humanity in that way. One of the things that I absolutely loved of that battle and that fight between Aisha and all the rest of it, and despite the things that he had to go through, especially as a hero, almost being hurt, almost being... Uh, taken over by Ishtar. Ishtar in full gore, in full in full range. I want you to put this in your mind, and especially a lot of y'all who are in the hentai world, who may like uh, Futunari, Mango, whatnot, I want you to picture in your mind a little bit this arrogant goddess who has this tool right in front of the, of the hero. And she don't care if he could find, if she could get even one inch, even a spark of darkness right inside of his heart, if he can get even one of it, it is over. She will rampage like an animal. A literal animal rip his clothes off and in front of every single one of them, take their hero, and he is hers forever. I want you to picture that in your mind. And they have done it in some manga. They may have done it as a little bit of a manga thing in the Dodinshi or whatnot. I just want you to imagine that when they are about to kill her Ruheim and put her in a rock and take her powers away. And finally take over all of Orito because she will now have the power both from the stealing of Belcranel, Belcranel's heart and his childlike attitudes being stripped away from that particular moment and them killing Heruheim. 
That is why this series is very, this season was very important. But when it did not happen, when he is too pure of heart and too pure of soul, and when he realized he needs to take the next step to push humanity forward, to make him into the artist, into the hero of the artist, the aesthetic hero, the hero that will take down all evil and do it beautifully to showcase that there is a better way out of these things, of these darknesses that we all suffer through. A lot of it comes from the concept of putting women on a higher pedestal than they even deserve, want, or need. And putting one's privates above the creator of those same privates. That is the moment when just another man becomes just a greater man. That's the moment when the one begging for the story of her moment with the hero becomes that moment when she is free from the darknesses that humanity have put him, put her and others through. This leads into final episode of the second season and what he went through. And at that moment, Bill Cornell realized he is mortal. And the whole adventures that he went through and all the rest of it, and even though the whole joke with him not being with her Hesse and all the rest of it, it is the moment that he saw this man die, he realized he is mortal. He realized he is mortal. And he almost realized that he was mortal at many other points in his life. And he saw things that he should have not have seen. And that broke him. And he couldn't say the things that he wanted to say to Hestia because all the shit he went through in this season, especially from Apollo to uh, Ishtar, almost, let's just say, raped him, almost did that. To Hiromai's, him being saved, but watching that man dying, especially going all from his adventures through Orato, he realized he was mortal. He realized he was mortal. And he talked to Hestia. He didn't say he loved her. But Hestia said he did. She loved him. Did he do it? I don't know. No one's going to say nothing. Did anybody know? Nobody going to tell you. But she she knew. In one sense, if you read it in the Greek mythology sense, she is the heart of the home. She is the the fireplace of the house that connects all families together. That 
is the very definition of what women should be. The vestial virgins that keep the flame of Rome together, that is what she is ultimately. Did it happen or did it? Is anybody going to say anything? I don't know. But they went back home and they believed that they came to an understanding because Hesia then says, even if you die, I will find you. Even if you are gone and destroyed, I will find you. Even if you do not remember me, I will find you. And I will make a covenant with you. And I said, will you make a covenant with me and be my child? That's what makes Hestia the proud one. Because she knows that Regardless of what happens to A's and, and Bell or Hirumheim and Bell or all the rest of these things, she will always find him because she pro he proved himself to be something more than that. He will prove himself to be the man that will finally, possibly, hopefully do the impossible because they have seen it before. They will see it again. And things will get from here on out will get really interesting and really more involved. But the second season had to be told because this is the beginning of the artist's hero, hero's artist. The aesthetics of our salvation of all of humanity to get us from the age of thinking in the sense that women are the pedestal to something greater, something higher, something more healing, something more beautiful. Space and freedom and closeness to the creator of one's own being. We'll be right back with more Kagan No Side right after this. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Kagan No Side. I told you this was going to be kind of a long show. Um, Let's talk about the fall season. So what's coming up in the fall season? My Hero Academica Seamage Season 4. You'll see it on Tanami. And so you will see Food Wars also on Tsunami later on this year. Oh, also coming on later on this year will be JoJo Season 4. Uh, 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 the Gino Dao Season. And he had a dream. And you're going to hear the music. And uh, 42nd murder Absolutely clean. That move was. Uh, Psychopath Season 3, October 2009. It will be actually 8 one-hour episodes. Some say it will come at, uh, be a premium-only um, Amazon thing. 
Seven Deadly Sins will end its run starting on October 9th. It will, it will have started earlier from, from this recording. Also, B-Stars! B-Stars. Call it Zootopia of Season 1. Come on, it looked like Zootopia! The dude is a canine! The main voice is a canine! Can't we just call it Zootopia Season 2? I mean, uh, Zootopia the Animated Series. It will be easy, a lot easier. No gun life! No guns, no life will be the tenth. It came out on the tenth. Blade of the Immortal came out on the ninth. The heroes overpowered, but overly cautious. We already seen one episode of it. It is extremely funny. The 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 goddess. I'm like, oh, this guy's ready to take me and all that. I'm like, uh, I just need to exercise a little bit more. God, pump that up. God, pump that. Up. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out something out again, and then everybody running and chasing him. It's it, it's a different type of show. It's kind of funny so far, but we're hoping for that. Oh, we also seen one episode of the new series Akuro no Sora, the basketball show, the third basketball anime. You need this comes at the anniversary of one of the legendary animes deal, dealing with basketball. And then we have Kuro Basketball, which is mostly for women and all the rest of it. But stop with this CGI basketballs, please, and this CGI balls. Look, look, guys. Nah, 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 nah. Not funny. Not funny. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Babylon actually premiered recently. Uh, it looks good. It should be on Tsunami. But we'll see if it goes on from there. We don't know when PET will come out, but they said 2019 might be later on this year. Assassin's Pride already premiered. We never learned the second season has come out. Pretty much the same hijinks. Sword Art Online will be coming out in the 12th. Fake Grand Order already aired. We've seen the first episode. Each chart is a thing. And Machu is also a thing. Sherlock Kanabatru, another series based on the Sherlock Holmes franchise and epic, will start on the 12th of October. The OVA of Violent Evergarden will come, has already came out on the 8th. I haven't seen it yet. The 7th of November, we'll have the Frozen Bonds OVA of RE0. Uh, the Girl from the Other Side had already came out, but I haven't seen it. Thus, both Kishai Rodin OVA has already aired, but I haven't seen it yet. Everybody's talking about Black Fox. I need to see it before I even review that show. And Rascal does not dream of Dreaming Girl, which will come up on the 27th of October. There was also a couple of others that I did not mention. There was, um... The grandfather anime that they did with the young man going into the demon world. Um, there was one with the book where a young girl died, passed away after saving a young child. She realizes she entered a world without books and now she's trying to figure out a way how she's going to create language and books and all the rest of that particular thing. 
Then we have Val versus Val Sis, I believe, from Square Inks, which is more of a data life data bullet. Data Bullet is actually going to premiere next year, September 2, that uh, means next year, January 1st, 2020. And so it will be called Data Bullet. Um, and uh, let me see. That one is dealing with Valkyries and all the rest of these things. So if you want to see how the Finns and the Nordics and all the rest of it Talked about Valkyries, how they named them after their gods. It's Violent Saga. If you want to see how the Japanese reinterpreted those particular um, gods and goddesses into these different forms, you see Valsis. It's a little bit of a different intrigue, as it were. Um, I'm trying to remember a couple of others here. There's the second season of Sword Art. Wait, the second season of Kono Oto Mare. Then we have Grand Fantasy 2, the animation 2. Um, there are, uh, also there's Azure Lane, which I'm not going to even touch or review. Um, dealing with other issues that of that particular nature. Um I've already talked about Psychopath's Dream, which I've already mentioned. Sword Art Online, I've already mentioned. Um, let's see. Um... They're going to return from hiatus after their season has ended. That's weird. Um, they talked about all the other shows there. So that's all I have mentioned so far in this. The Major is still continuing. Fire Force still continuing. Um... Dr. Stone is still continuing. Violent Saga is still continuing. Um, this show here is... Did not say it make my av abilities average in the Nets life, which is another magic show that deals with average. Oh, and this particular series here is High School Prodigies has it easy in another world, which is another series that also came out, an episode that come out. And there almost was a set scene, and then there was a funny moment where the main character said, uh, you have been to Japan, have you? Uh, of course not. What is that anyway? You are speaking Japanese! <laughs> so that was a funny moment there anyway. So those are the fall season shows. In February, we're going to do a review of most of them. If we can have uh, there, and we'll do a deep dive of at least two or three or maybe more of them. I mean, maybe Babylon and maybe something else, but we'll talk about those later in February. Um, that's pretty much it. We'll be back with more of what's coming up soon on Kigen No Side. This is Elias. We'll be back after this. Thank you for listening to Kigen No Side. This is Elias. We'll be back in a couple months with an all-new episode. If 
earlier for reviews and interviews. Take care of yourselves as we go beyond your boundary in the age of Rebus. This is Elias. Come walk with me next time on Kagan No Side.